Hello, Shepherd family. This is Pastor Alan Rosenau. You know, as a Christian minister, I count it a great privilege and honor uh, when people allow me into uh, their private personal life. They allow me to walk with them through the challenges that they are facing. You know, maybe it's bringing a word of comfort and hope to someone who's grieving the loss of a loved one. Or maybe it's uh, just sitting and visiting with a homebound member who's feeling rather lonely and isolated. Or maybe it's sitting at the hospital bedside of someone who's dealing with an illness, recovering from an injury or surgery, or someone who frankly is quite frightened about an upcoming surgical procedure. To be able to bring the message of the Lord and a, and a prayer and a word of hope is a real privilege as a pastor. In this position as a pastor, I, I in a sense, have a front row seat uh, to the reality of human suffering as it's played out on the stage of real life. And so as we begin this message today, we're going to be dealing with this topic of human suffering and how as Christians we deal with all of that. Let's state the obvious. Christian faith does not grant us immunity from human suffering. Even we who are followers of Jesus at times find ourselves asking questions that frankly we just can't answer. Questions like, why? Why is this happening? Why me? Why now? How long, how long, O oh Lord, how long is this going to go on? And we tend to wonder at times, boy, where is God now? Where is he in the midst of my pain, my worry, my suffering? Has he perhaps abandoned me? Is God angry with me? Is that why I am suffering? And we even ask, is it okay to even ask those questions? I often refer people to the book of Psalms because in many of the Psalms, the writer is brutally honest about his uh, emotional upset over something going on in his life. Very often, the Psalms ask the very same questions that, that we ask in our, in our experiences. And very often, the Psalms will express a full range of human emotions. Let me give you an example from Psalm chapter 6. And this was written by David. Yes, King David, the one who is described as a man after God's own heart. David writes in Psalm 6 the following words. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am faint. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in anguish. How long, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. I am worn out from groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. And then he finishes up the psalm a little later with these words. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. David could be honest with God, pour out his heart, his deepest emotions, and still express his faith in God and know that God accepted that prayer with all of its mixture of emotion involved. 
And friends, I want you to know that God accepts your prayer, our prayers as well. Even prayers that are filled with that raw kind of emotion. I like to say God is big enough to handle our human feelings of frustration and impatience and and even anger. In our scripture text for today, we're going to hear St. Paul as he gives us some insight on how to face suffering. It comes from his second letter that he wrote to the church in Corinth, Greece. And let's remember that Paul is certainly one who knows that of which he speaks. He had his own experiences of suffering. After he became a Christian and a missionary for the Lord and went on his missionary journeys numerous times, he was opposed by his enemies. He faced persecution in a variety of forms. He was beaten. He was uh, stoned. He was thrown into prison and into dungeons, experienced all kinds of hardship in his life. And yet he is able to express faith and share some insights with us about how to deal with suffering from a godly perspective. So first of all, listen to how Paul describes his suffering, along with his reflections on how he views his suffering as a follower of Christ Jesus. He writes these words, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Those were some very revealing words from St. Paul about his own experiences of suffering. And we'll come back to St. Paul in just a few minutes and hear the rest of what he has to say about how to deal with our suffering. But first, let's deal with the question of why there is suffering in the world in the first place. We all experience it. Why does it even exist? Well, suffering is a universal experience because of its shared origin at a story that happened at the very beginning of history. It's really the saddest story ever, and it's recorded for us in Genesis chapter 3 in the first book of the Bible. We go back to the very beginning, of course, when God had created the whole universe And he put the first two human beings, Adam and Eve, into a beautiful garden. And it was a perfect world at that time. There were no problems. There was no uh, hatred between people. There was no disharmony in the world. There was no disease. There was no disappointment or frustration. And, of course, there was no death. And that's the way God intended for the world to be. But then we come to chapter 3 of Genesis and this very, very sad story where Adam and Eve opted out of their free will to act against the will of God. They disobeyed God. 
And when they sinned in that fashion, it opened up the floodgates of all of the terrible aftermath that comes with sin in the universe. You see, sin has a way of impacting uh, not just a person's soul and spirit, it impacts the physical realm. It's why in the world today there is such disintegration, why everything goes from a higher form to a lesser form, why everything seems to fall apart so easily. It's because of sin that there is disease. It's because of sin that we, we have to grapple with things like cancer and heart disease and, and uh, various kinds of ailments that take us down. It's the reason, of course, why we die. And every single one of us lives in this fallen, corrupted world. And we're all impacted by it. The good news, however, is that already in Genesis chapter 3, we get a glimpse of our source of hope over against sin and all of its tragic aftermath. It comes to us in chapter 3, verse 15. It is the first promise from God, if you will, toward His plan to save the world from the effects of sin. It reads this way. God is speaking to Satan himself when he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. He will crush your head, Satan, God says, and the he there is the promised Messiah, the Savior whom you and I know as Jesus Christ. And the crushing of Satan's head happened at a cross on the outskirts of Jerusalem. There, when Jesus gave his life on a cross, he defeated Satan and sin and hell and death forever. He accomplished what we people could not accomplish for ourselves. And it's like he stepped on the serpent's head and crushed it. But in the process of doing that, he himself got hurt. You know, perhaps over, over time you've heard somebody say, with all the suffering and the evil in the world, why doesn't God come down here and do something about it? Well, he did. He came into this world became a human being, the Christmas miracle, and went to a cross and suffered the death that we deserve for our sins. And by that act of getting hurt by the evil one in dying, he defeated the power of Satan for us. The Messiah's bruised heel, as it's called, is our source of comfort and strength when we now experience suffering. It is our source of comfort for a couple of reasons. First of all, Christ Jesus is truly and fully able to empathize with all of our experiences of suffering. He knows exactly what you are going through, whatever it is, because he has experienced the worst suffering of all and being God in the flesh, he fully knows what your suffering is all about. 
and He cares. And He promises to be there with you as you go through it. And secondly, Christ's victory over sin and Satan and death and hell, Satan's crushed head, as we talked about before, gives us a whole new view of our suffering. We can look at it in a whole new way. And that's where Paul goes next in his second letter to the Corinthians. Listen to his words now as he gives us insight about how to deal with our suffering. Paul writes, It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Friends, weren't those great words from St. Paul? I think there is a lot to take away from what he had to say to us about suffering. And the, the first takeaway is this, that in the midst of suffering, we do not lose heart. For a number of reasons, we do not lose heart, first of all, because Jesus is with us in our suffering. We need to remember that when we're going through a tough time, Jesus' promise is certain, I, be with, I will be with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you, he says. We are never facing our suffering alone. He is always there to be our strength and our encourager. And he has placed his Holy Spirit in our hearts that we might have that added strength as well. Secondly, we, we do not lose heart because while outwardly we may feel like we're wasting away, Paul says, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. In other words, God is at work in us, even in and through and in spite of our suffering experiences. Paul tells us in his letter to the Romans that God is always at work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We have to believe that God is always working for our good, even when we are in the midst of pain, disappointment, grief, suffering. A second takeaway is this, that the, the real antidote to suffering is hope. The hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. And that hope is centered squarely on the truth of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. You know, Paul says, we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. Christ's resurrection assures us our own resurrection. And when we are in the midst of suffering, we need to re be reminded of that truth that no matter what we face, nothing ultimately defeats us.
our resurrection is certain. And secondly, in, in relation to this antidote to suffering, we're reminded that the, the unending glory that is coming our way far outweighs whatever it is we're experiencing here in this life. We need to keep in mind that our suffering is temporary and we look to that which is eternal. A third takeaway from the words of Paul is based on what he says here, we believe, therefore we speak. This is an important takeaway. We believe and therefore we speak about what we believe. And as we fix our gaze, not on the things that are seen and temporary, but on what is unseen and eternal, we who believe therefore have the opportunity to speak of our faith even through our time of suffering. We testify of the goodness of God and of our hope in Christ. Christ who suffered himself and yet is our victorious Savior. You know, that kind of testimony in the face of persecution and hardship and suffering has, has great potential for impacting the lives of other people for the good. The potential to facilitate the message of God's grace to reach more and more people, resulting in overflowing gratitude to God, as Paul describes it. So let me encourage you to consider whom you might be encouraging in the midst of your suffering experience by your example of faith and your testimony of God's goodness in your life. That can be a very powerful witness to others. You know, even in your suffering, you have the opportunity to not only embrace hope for yourself, but to also be, shall we say, a distributor of hope to others. We're all aware that there are dope dealers out there spreading misery and suffering. But what if we all became hope dealers, distributing the hope that we have in Christ Jesus and giving away for free, of course, because we have freely received it ourselves. Again, friends, hope is the antidote to suffering. And real hope is found in Jesus and his love for people, his love for you. Let me close with a blessing that Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, chapter 15, verse 13. He says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, may that same hope be yours today. In Christ Jesus, your Savior. Amen.